Hello guys, welcome back to the Treatment Room Podcast with your host Tessa Zolli. Here we are for episode three of season three, feels like a good number. I want to introduce our guest of the show today, who's a very special person and friend to me, Josh Maniscalco, aka AgentRx.co on Instagram. You might know him from his hilarious skits on Instagram. He loves to impersonate Joanna Check and a number of other celebrities. His Sex in the City skit is probably one of my faves, but he's just one of the most creative people I've ever met. Josh and I have a very candid conversation around branding and what we have encountered while building our own brands as estheticians. Josh also shares his story and how he ended up finding aesthetics. I do want to include a trigger warning. We do have a conversation and suicide is part of that conversation. I don't think either of us knew the conversation was going to go there, but I'm really honored that Josh felt like this was a safe space with me and with all of you. And I do think there's a lot of value in sharing that and having more open conversation around it as hard as it is. I look forward to sharing Josh with you and I hope you love this episode. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm here with my good, good friend, Josh Maniscalco, esthetician, business owner. Josh, welcome. Do you want to tell us just a little bit about you and some of your credibility in the industry, how long you've been doing this, et cetera? Hi, babe. Hi. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, my name is Josh Maniscalco, and I'm the founder of Agent RX. And I've been an esthetician for 17 years and counting, and I have my own product line. Um, I studied at UCLA Extension for Cosmetic Ingredients back when it was still a thing, twice, and that was pretty life-changing for me. Um, And that set me on a path for really getting serious about developing my own product line, custom formulation, all that. I'm still a baby, you know, I'm no Jan Marini, Marinti. I'm no Jan Marinti, but <laughs> I will be one day, you know? You are my Jan Marini and you guys, okay. Well, no, so here's the thing. This is why we want to talk to you today, yes. right? Because like, I am not Jan Marinti and um, I never will be and I and I don't want to be. I want to be Agent RX. I want to be the best Agent RX I can be. Just like you. And that's what we're talking about. You go ahead, Tess. Sorry, yeah. I'm like taking over. No, no, no. I, that's, why, that's why you're here. Yeah, full disclosure, we've had a very <laughs> <laughs> raw and vulnerable morning. Josh was just, you know, talking me through a mental breakdown. And naturally, we thought, <laughs> why don't we podcast? But I think, you know, this is good for me. And Josh is good for me because... Uh, he reminds me how important it is to be vulnerable and how much value there is for you listening when I am vulnerable and just share what's truly going on in my life and what I've struggled with in business lately. And yeah, Josh is just an amazing, amazing friend. I think anybody who knows Josh personally it's just like, he's a life-changing person. He doesn't just come into your life and, you know, is a friend who's just going to hang around or you're going to chat with, you know, here and there or get coffee with. When Josh comes into your life, (laughs) he changes your life. And I just really, really appreciate you as a business mentor, as a friend, as I'd say like a (laughs) spiritual guide 
<laughs> Josh was walking me through this exercise this morning because I was <laughs> crying, hyperventilating, all the things. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I mean, thank you for saying all of that. Just listening to you say that um, makes me remember a time that I did a different exercise where you imagine your death and you imagine the funeral and you imagine all the people there and then you get really clear and write down what you want people to say about you. And that was pretty much what I wanted (laughs) was what you said. Um, So thank you for that. Oh, babe, everything I said is true. But like, that's, you know, it wasn't always like that for me. Yeah. Like I, I was lost at one point in my life and that's why, oh my God. (laughs) It's a safe space. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. What a morning we're having, huh? I know. But no, I want to hear more. I want to hear more because I think, especially I relate to that too, feeling so lost and I used alcohol as a crutch for a long time and my I just didn't know what I wanted to do with myself and I that was a really hard question for me from a young age I put so much pressure on myself to know what I was going to do with my life and I think I hear from a lot of young people especially who might see what I'm doing or you're doing and just think, oh my gosh, they've got it all figured out. Mm, Not yeah. the case. But do you want to share more about how how you kind of navigated through feeling lost? I think as it relates to business specifically yes. and what we're really here to talk about is, you know, I it took me a long time to get comfortable in my own skin, number one. And that was because I was born into a system that did not value me as a queer person. So there were no queer people to look up to when I was born. Now it's a lot different. Um, So I grew up in in that type of mentality. And and it took me a long time to heal from that. And and now I'm, you know, still healing, of course, but it's much better, you know, and as it relates to business, it, I think it took me time to really get clear on who I was as a business as a, and as a brand, because personally, I wasn't really settled either. Um, when I got into aesthetics, I was 25, 24, 25, I went to school and that was the light bulb that I needed. I was so lost before that. I was working for my dad's like environmental company, going to these jobs with all these like super macho straight men, um, you know, demo guys and construction. And I felt so afraid all the time. And I was always trying to like pretend to be straight and put up, you know, not smile too much. Don't be, you know, don't be a faggot. Sorry. Mm. I can say that, but you can meet that out later. Sorry. But that was like my thinking back then. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I was so like, I wanted to make money obviously. And I loved skincare. And then when I found out that you could become an esthetician, I was like, wait, what? Like, I didn't know this was like a career. And that's when my entire life changed. And I went to school and it was all girls. And I felt safe. No one was making fun of me anymore. No one was bullying me. There was no jocks to push me down the stairs or kick me in the stomach. Like, it was a safe space of all these women that were doing skincare, something that I loved so much. And so that's what created this like safe space for me. And that's why I'm so passionate about skin too. Like there's that part of it. And then there's the science part of it that I loved. And so that's kind of like how I found myself was in skincare and in beauty. And so um, that's my story. And then of course my brand has evolved over the years, but. And I can't imagine you being anything but yourself. Because yeah. <laughs> so you're so true to you. And that's what I'm really attracted to, to people who have their own thing going. And, and But it takes time, you know, it, it takes time. time and it takes, um, it takes hardship. And I think that's why I'm so grateful to have been born gay because it, it honestly was a, a gift. Um, I, I see so many of my counterparts, my my you know heterosexual counterparts, as young men, kind of struggling and feeling lost and not knowing what to do either. But in essence, I feel like they have a lot of 
things handed to them very easily. Like they have a lot of people they can look up to right from the start, as soon as they're born. Um, you know, superheroes, they're all straight. You ever seen a gay superhero? Maybe there's like one now, but but you know what I'm saying? And and that's the system that we grew up in. And that I saw a post this morning that we were just talking about, which made me start bawling my eyes out, was um they tried to bury us, but they didn't know we were seeds. And I think that quote has a lot of mm. significance because as human beings going through what we go through in our careers, in our life, trying to figure ourselves out, that's what it is. It's a seed. It, we have to grow, right? To, to go through all of these things. And seeds take time to grow and, and they have to have a certain amount of pressure on top of them mm-hmm. to really develop the strength to push through. That's what makes a seed grow and become a strong plant. And that's what makes a human grow and become a strong human that identifies with themselves and knows who they are and stands in their worth. And it takes a lot of, I think, challenges and struggle. And that's why I'm so grateful to have been born gay in that time period, um, because there was a lot of really, really hard things to deal with. And I almost didn't make it out. You know, I, I did have... Um, tried to commit suicide. So there was that. And so thank you for saying that, but it is has been very, very hard for me to get to this point of where I can really stand in who I am and know who I am and not question that. Was there any pivotal moment that you can remember? Like that's, that's the lowest thing you can feel. How did you, how did you pull yourself away from, that and start moving in the in the right direction. Was there anything you remember that helped you? Yeah, it was a very specific time. Um, I was super lost. Well, first skincare that was like one of the biggest times was when I realized um, I had my first facial oh. at at the school. Um, I was in college at the time. And my friend was like, oh, let's go get these facials. They're only like, I don't know, 10 or $15 or something. And, <laughs> and so we went to school. And when I had the facial, she did a glycolic peel, 10%. And when I got out into my car and looked in the rear view, I was like, what? Like, it was like mind blowing. Like, I'd never seen my skin exfoliated like that. Yeah. You know, yeah, like a, you were reborn as a beautiful caterpillar. Yeah, yeah, and I was like 24, so you know my my turnover rate was super high, and like <laughs> you do one little peel, and you're like, oh my god, wow. And, <laughs> and so that was like, I it literally was like a jolt of of lightning through my system, and I was like, I I just found what I'm gonna do with my life, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so. I registered for school the next week, dropped out of college, and the rest is history. But um, there was another little slightly darker time in my life. <laughs> Do you want to share? Sure. Yeah, um, you know me. I'm an open book. I but um, I was hanging out with the wrong people. This was when I was 17. Mm. And I was trying to be straight. You know, I was trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted friends. I didn't want to be an outcast anymore. Um, and so I hung out with really, really bad people and bad kids, you know, just lost kids. And um, we ended up getting really drunk and high one night and stole a car and started driving towards Manhattan. I wasn't driving. I was just like wasted in the passenger seat. And uh, my friend was driving and the cop pulled us over and the cop came up to the car and my friend took off oh. and went made a right turn I don't know he turned down a windy road with the woods and mm-hmm. we ended up crashing into a tree oh my gosh I was unconscious I woke up and there was a gun to my head and um my hand was they were handcuffing me to the it was like a jeep wrangler you know those like side mirrors that have the bar and so they handcuffed me to that and my friend had, I guess, didn't pass out. He got out and started running, and they tackled him and beat the shit out of him. Oh, so bad. And they put me in the back of the car. I was still, like, pretty drunk, but, like, what? And I went to, you know, holding at, at the jail in Ronkonkoma, and um, I know it was Riverhead. Anyway, I'm from Long Island, New York. So I'm from Long Island, so it's a really rough time. <laughs> But yeah, this is wow! What a story. Yeah. yeah. So, so then, yeah, when I got my mom bailed me out, 
she came. Uh-huh. Was um, she mad? She me out. Um, yeah. I mean, she was mad, but, like, she was more, like, worried. Yeah. My mom's, like, a more of a worrier. Yeah. So, and this was, this was kind of, like, the final straw. There had been so many things that had happened in previous to this, but at this point, this was the last thing. And that was the time that I decided, like, jail, you know, standing in front of a judge, being in jail, going through that experience was what triggered me to be like okay wow you are this is not who you are mm-hmm. you know like I I knew I was like wait no this isn't who I am I'm pretending to be this like tough guy to fit in with people you know and that's how I was born I'm I'm born like an entertainer I'm born an actor yeah like I flip into characters like that's what I'm known for on social media so for me I think that's where it came from after years of like therapy and stuff and realizing like, oh, okay, that's just who you are. You are doing this as a defense mechanism, much like a lizard changes their colors to fit in with the environment in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I did. And then that point I realized, okay, this isn't who you are. Mm-hmm. And after that, I never talked to those kids again. Like I got on the gay and narrow and I came out, Eventually, I moved to Manhattan. Anyway, the the rest is all history, but that was the other point. Those two points were the most significant in my life that led me to be, like, really who I am today. Wow. I'm still taking all of that in. That (laughs) must have been just traumatic on so many levels. Yeah, it was. I mean... It's been years of therapy and I'm still, you know, in therapy. I mean, yeah. I still go to therapy and see my therapist, but I have a lot more, I have a lot of tools that I use to just manage my anxiety and meditation is the one that I love the most. It's literally like medication. It's only like what, one letter difference, meditation and medication. <laughs> True. For me, it I, I did TM, uh, transcendental meditation. Oh, you did? Like, tm.org uh-huh. um, but it's an incredible way to learn meditation because I think a lot of people think that meditation is some you know it's so hard and it's like no it's not actually it's actually scientific so tm has science to prove that it actually works to help calm the human mer- nervous system it helps um, with heart disease like they have like published research so it's very real and the way that they teach it is unique because you don't have to quote unquote be quiet in your brain like that's not the goal the goal is to let your mind be let your brain be a brain which is brains think that's what they do right like (laughs) you just have to let your brain be your brain and not get attached to like an identity Mm -hmm. that you are your brain you know no I love that because that's what I struggle with with meditation and I've even tried hypnotherapy recently for anxiety but my mind does just go other places and then I realize and kind of beat myself up and try to get back in the moment but then (laughs) it's just you know it continues to go where it wants to go I don't want to like explain it the wrong way, but I'll do my best. But I do think that if someone is interested in meditation and feels the way that you feel, Tess, like that they should go to TM and like research it. But as it was explained to me, the brain thinks thoughts and the way meditation helps you is by releasing stressful thoughts. And the way that that happens is their thoughts. (laughs) You have to release thoughts by having thoughts. So that's the brain's way of releasing anxiety and tension and negativity from itself is by creating thoughts. And so in TM, you're given what's called a mantra and it's unique to you and your questionnaire that you fill out when you go to take TM. And so it's, it's a very specific mantra with syllables. It's not a real word. It's just syllables and you repeat them. You repeat your given syllables in your brain when you are meditating and you just always come back to those, that mantra and you let your brain just think all the crazy thoughts. Your, your goal is never to quiet your brain ever because what happens is after doing a meditation of 20 minutes, coming back to your mantra, even if you think that you haven't been still, you're actually better. You're actually calmer. 
your brain is calmer, your nervous system. <clears throat> Excuse me. So anyway, yeah, I need a sip of water. <laughs> take a sip, take a breath. <laughs> do you do you ever struggle with anxiety in the <laughs> no in the treatment yes, room? Bitch. <laughs> in general, but in the treatment room, mm. do you ever feel anxious and are you ever using that technique when you're doing facials? Or do you just you've been doing it so long you're not really nervous anymore? Yeah, it, but I was in the past. Um, that's very interesting, though. I wonder if there's a technique to... Um, I mean, I, I think it would probably just be a daily practice, maybe, of meditation and calming your nervous system so that you're less anxious in the treatment room. But yeah, I mean, I'm anxious in the treatment room sometimes. Uh, one of the things for me is multitasking. I talked about this recently on my podcast with Ashley, but good skin circle y'all. Um, <laughs> but basically, um, when I have to like talk and answer questions that clients are like peppering me with sometimes it sometimes depending on the day, I can feel super anxious about it because I'm trying to like work and focus on their skin. Cause I do very like clinical facials and I'm, so basically I'm trying to exfoliate the skin in a way without like pushing it too far but like pushing it just to that right level and taking into consideration many different factors, right? Like their upcoming events and like um, what their skin is, what I'm seeing right now on their skin, you know, what's our overall goal here? What are we treating? So um, if I'm dermaplaning something like that and someone's constantly trying to talk, it like stresses me out and I get anxious. So <laughs> makes sense. You have a blade to their face. That, but yeah. And then there's other times where I'm just like, you know, I have these great clients that have been seeing me for 10, 12 years and they want to talk about everything. And sometimes I'm just like, I just don't want to. Like, I'm just like, girl, like it's the end of the day. And, you know, like I'm a projector in human design. So I'm what does like, that mean? I'm, please, please enlighten so, me. Yeah. So a projector is basically someone whose energy, once you hit your energy wall, you're done. You can't recoup that versus a generator. They can recoup. They can get back more energy. Generators have like, they're like little batteries. They just recharge their batteries and go. Projectors, once your battery's done, you have to go like sleep, get away from people like So us. I'm yeah. Oh, yeah. Too. I loved in our group chat, Ashley's like, I have a house for 10. You're like, I will be needing a room. To my yeah. House, which is what? me, which is me too. I'm like, yes, I'm glad yeah. someone said it. <laughs> yeah, like there's nothing wrong with like being who we are, right? It's yeah. like we have – I think that's the the problem in most relationships and in business too and in brands. It's like be who you are. Mm -hmm. Don't don't try to be someone else. Like it's never going to work and I speak from personal experience, but I feel like this is a good segue moment for like – Mm -hmm. brand stuff. Yeah, let's talk about brand. That's one of the reasons I wanted to bring Josh on you guys. He's he's very clear in his messaging and his branding. And Josh, I know you're always thinking I could do more, but from <laughs> I'm even remembering before I knew you as a friend, looking at your page and, and thinking, wow, this is really strong branding. Mm, thank you, babe. Yeah. Um, I wonder what do you think would be the most helpful for everyone to touch on as far as branding? Maybe we can think of it from the perspective of somebody who hasn't, hasn't invested in that yet. Who's thinking about mm. it. Yeah, that's smart. I think that's a good place to start. What do you think? What do you think really makes a brand a brand? And what do you think is, is important there? Hmm. What makes a brand a brand? Well, in my experience, it's been hard. <laughs> when I first started Agent RX about two years ago, I let myself get caught up in everyone else's brands and trying to become like I tried to have it all figured out from the start. And that's not the way to go about it. <laughs> you have to evolve and you have to be focused. For me, I had I needed to be focused on what it was that I was trying to do 
and then do it with a professional, basically. And so, Key. yeah, a professional. So it's much like we tell our clients that we are the guides, we are the professionals. Invest in skincare. Don't buy from Sephora and figure it out on your own. It's, you know, don't use what your friend's using. Yeah. Well, that's the same for us in business. You need to hire a branding expert. So I finally got serious and did that. And that's when everything got good. <laughs> yes. And here's the thing. I think sometimes we think because we see a lot of brands and there are certain things we like about it that we can be an expert too. I, I have, mm -hmm. I am thinking of someone who, you know, started working with a, a branding person, but just kind of, she actually always felt like she wasn't sure if the investment was worth it. And she just thought, you know, maybe I could kind of do this myself, but I think there's so much that goes into executing a brand professionally. That's kind of stuff that's a little bit, uh, I don't know if subconscious is the right word, but it's not always stuff you immediately pick up on, but it's mm. so important for the cohesion of the brand overall. Things like having a unique font that speaks to you, having a color palette that works together and kind of connects everything back to each other, Having even having a logo and a font that work well together. And I feel like it, it does take expertise to really execute that. I would say your first, if you're trying to start your own brand, <clears throat> I mean, if, if you're an esthetician, essentially, <laughs> obviously, um, and you're wanting to rebrand or, you know, get serious, that's where you would start. And you would basically, um, you know, let's start with your name. So you picked your name and then when you work with a branding expert and a designer, mm -hmm. they will give you questions that are going to pull out who your brand is. Like they're going to pull that mm -hmm. from you because you're going to be writing down and going through exercises yeah. that you're going to discover what your brand is. You're going to discover what you like and that can change and evolve, but you just have to be like honest in the process and be yourself. What, what really do you want to portray? Who are you? And I always, I'm, so I'm teaching a course for golden experience guide, little plug, and it's called your branding blueprint actually. But in there, I'm going to be talking too about just th that process of naming your brand and going through that, but connecting with what makes you, you. So what is it that you love in your life? Is it, you know, velvet, sheets like fabrics you know are you obsessed with fabrics you're you're a person you have interests and you have other things going on dogs cats what is it there is a way to unearth your brand through the things that you love so whatever it is that you love go deeper into that and connect that to your skincare brand i love that okay and to use you as an example what are some things that you said like when you were talking to Jessica Winnie. Oh yeah. Well, so we just started the process of just like, we're going to get more clear on my brand and go even deeper. But I think what, what might help is um, Agent RX. So I came up with Agent RX because I love <laughs> a strong female lead in a spy movie. Okay. Like I always loved like Angelina mm -hmm. and just like, you know, hardcore girls, like beating up bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> and so agent RX is that to me, it's, it's like a spy that's like fierce, but then it's very much related to skin. Do you know what I mean? And so that wasn't the initial inspiration, but I see now where you know, like where my brand, like the brand comes from me. Everything that I've done comes from me and my likes and dislikes and interests. And you know what I mean? And so two years into it, I'm looking at the brand as a whole and I'm like, oh my God, there's a part of me. There's a piece of me. Like, you know, obviously me doing skits on social, like that's who I am. Like I'm a performer. I, I wanted to make skincare fun 
I didn't want to make it a chore and so serious, even even though I love science. So I'm balancing the two. I, I talk about science, but I'm silly and goofy. Like, that's who I am. This is my brand DNA. And so all of that comes from you. It comes from who you are as a real person. And that's why you said, Tess, you're attracted to me and my brand because it's like, those are real. Those are authentic things. Everything in my brand comes from me. You know, <laughs> there are babies. We were just talking about this this morning before we got on the pod. Yeah, we should talk about it more. So, yes. okay. And so one of the reasons I've been <laughs> feeling very raw, down, vulnerable, sad, worried, I've I've had an experience with somebody trying to not just emulate my brand, but really... Steal. <laughs> Steal it from top to bottom, the business model, the website, Ugh. the copy, the logo, the aesthetic, vibe. the vibe, the even my personality. And it feels <laughs> it feels actually chilling. Like it it I've gone through so many mental gymnastics of, you know, initially I think we hear a lot you know, imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. And I think that can be, it can be flattering, but it can also be a little bit of toxic messaging because I think we all have a, a, a right to our own unique identity. And that is so important so valuable whether you're a brand or not everyone deserves to be able to express themselves and and feel their their unique ideas are respected and they're not at risk for being stolen if they're shared and we have to protect that and Josh and I have been talking about this but it's a it's it can be a great area right on Instagram because you know, I think a lot of us are inspired by each other and it's becoming, I think, I think it's becoming a problem just in the sense that we're starting to see so much recycled material. And I, I, I think it's just such a fine line and if some of the information, you know, needs to be recycled for the sake of our clients, but there's always, always, always a unique way to do it and, and say it from your own perspective, not in somebody else's wording. And this also comes down to legal protected rights, which are in, in yes, <laughs> they are inherent when it comes to posting on Instagram. I think a lot of us don't realize the terms and conditions of what we agree to when we post on Instagram. And it gets even more serious when we're talking about a website, a blog, or you see something with a little C on it. That means do not copy, do not replicate, do not try to just, you know, modify lightly. It means it, it has an original owner. And um, now I'm in a position where I have to protect my brand. And when I was starting my brand, I never thought about you know, there's going to come a day where you're going to have to fight to protect what you've built. I was just thinking, how do I grow this? How do I get more eyes on it? And I think a lot of you know me and you know how much I love to share. And um, I've really never really put many limits on on what I share, but this experience has kind of forced me to to really consider that and to get comfortable protecting my brand. And Josh, I know you can speak to why that's important because I was struggling with this this morning. I felt very guilty for, for protecting it, but we, we absolutely must as business owners, when you step into that role, you're the only one who 
can protect it. You are the parent of that brand. It is your baby and nobody will protect it except for you. And you can't survive if you don't protect it. Yeah, we were talking about that and how you get your articles of incorporation. And when I got them, I was told, like, this is a person. This these, this paperwork, this box that you have with your articles of incorporation is a person. Treat it as such. And really what it is is a baby. It's my baby because it came from me and my mind and my heart and my yeah. experience. Yeah. And I legally have made this an entity. That's what they call it. It's a business entity. So an entity is a being. It's it's like for I mean it's not alive, but it's still an alive. <laughs> like it's alive without being a human. I don't know. It's weird. But yeah, and I think just to talk speak on what you had just said, I want to touch on that a little bit is please. As estheticians, I think estheticians uh I've never really seen I mean, okay, that's not true. I have seen a couple weird estheticians where I'm like, how are you an esthetician? Like, you're mean. Like, you're a mean person. <laughs> like, what? But very, very few. Um, most of us are really kind, sweet, sensitive people. That's what I found. And with that comes a lack of like backbone sometimes mm -hmm. and that like strength to say, Hey, you know, this is how much I'm worth and yes. you're going to respect me. Yes. And like, you know, put that force of like self assurance behind it. Um, we're kind of like willy nilly and we're like, Oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm like experienced enough to charge this or am I worth, you know, this, or what if, what if they don't like it or you know, what if they're hurt by my, you know, assertion in the situation and, you know, yes, that's just how we roll because we're so thoughtful and we think of others and, and that's okay. That's good. That means we're kind human beings. Like there's nothing wrong with that. However, when it comes to business and that baby that we've birthed, that baby also needs protecting and they can't protect themselves because they're not able to we have to and so we have to put aside that you know fear of what other people are going to feel or think or whatever and we have to be true to our baby we have to protect our baby and i think that it's normal for all of us to go through that transition where we're like afraid mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but then there really needs to be that connection where we connect to okay this is more important than how i feel Right. You know. Right. And it's it's maybe let's talk about how to even address that. I think, you know, it's, well, a, fine, it's a fine line between, you know. It's I think you did it the right way. Well, um, so Tess contacted this person and told them straight up. And they didn't want to. I mean, now I feel like I'm telling your story, but no, please, it's fine. I mean, but yeah. yeah, the response was not what it needed to be, and so now there's an, another phase. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's 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 really not fun. Like, and I think that's no. that's the thing. Like on the other side, it could look like, oh my gosh, why are they being mean? Why are they? Me, not, me. Why are they drawing this? They're not letting me do what I want to do. And it's, it's really hard to understand until you've really had a baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really hard to understand the work that went into birthing that mm. baby, feeding that baby, those yeah. late nights with that baby, um, oh, yeah. holding the baby's hand when he's sick. Thinking you might want to give it up for adoption. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like thinking like, I'm going to burn this shit down. Is this ever going to work? Yes. Like what? The baby like, it's expensive. Yeah. And when you, when you haven't birthed that baby yourself, of course it probably looks like, yeah. oh, they're being, they're being stupid. I'm just watching they're someone else's baby. I, I can give it back at the end of the day. Right. Right. It's not my baby. Yeah. 
And I, I guess what like I want you listening to realize is how valuable your original ideas and your businesses are. And mm-hmm. setting a boundary, this has been a whole learning experience for me the past couple years with small things, let alone my business. The thing that next to my family and partner and loved ones, it's the most important thing in my life because I wake up every day and that is my purpose. That's that's what I, you know, I set out to do every single day. And I just want you guys to know that you have every right to protect that baby. And if someone does not respect your baby and does not respect you, they will, of course, don't don't deserve a place in your life. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. And that's something I'm working on because it feels... I feel a lot of guilt enforcing a boundary and saying, hey, this is actually something that is worth a lot and it's my livelihood and I can't have it duplicated and ripped off. That's actually not okay with me. A lot of stuff is okay with me and I love sharing. I I want to just interject real quick because people need to know that how much you give and how much you inspire others. And don't think that we don't see when y'all are posting things that are inspired (laughs) because it's real obvious and it's great and it's wonderful. But like you said, it is a fine line. It is. It is. And I don't want anyone listening to this thinking like, Oh, you know, I was in, I was inspired by Josh or Tess or whoever at some point. Like, am I bad? Am I who she's talking about? No. no, like if it is one thing to be influenced and to also give credit is another thing yeah. we should talk yeah. about. So, okay. And this is a more common. Which most people do. Most, yes. most people are like normal. <laughs> like we're talking about normal. Like rare people that are just like blatantly ripping people off and it's not cool. That's not cool. Most people, I mean, I get DMs, you get DMs, we get tagged like this inspired by this person and stuff. I have people that repost my stories and they saw, they see my stories that are someone else's that I've posted. You know what I mean? Like I'll post a quote or something from we the urban or whatever. And they'll like tag me (laughs) and repost to their stories. Like it's so cute, but like that's, that's how, you know, you don't have to do that, but you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like most people are considerate about that. I think we're just talking about the rare people that, you know, blatantly copy and rip off and don't have an original idea, which brings me back to investing in branding. That's why investing in branding is worth it yes. because it will teach you that like, hey, this is my idea and this is my brand. I'm going to pay for it. I'm invested in this shit. This is going to be original. And that's what a designer does for you is they get that brand uniqueness out of you so that it isn't someone else's. Right. And the other thing working with a designer, it's they're hyper aware of the space and copyright infringement. They, and they don't want to, to get in trouble. They don't want you to get in trouble. So if you're taking paragraphs, paragraphs from other websites, services from other websites, terms and images from other websites about me, inspiration from another website, the designer is likely going to put it through a process and they're going to be able to see, oh, this is very similar to this. Oh, did you get this from this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do that. They check. Yeah, and that's what – yeah, exactly. And copyright infringement. And that's what my designer, uh, Jessica Winnie's doing with me now is we are going to make sure that all of my copy, everything that's on the website is is original. I mean, it is already, but we just want to make sure <laughs> because the law says you can have copy that has been infringing on someone else's copyright and – not know it, you're still held liable for it. Yes. So that's the importance of hiring designer. And that five to $10,000 that you're going to have to invest, if if you're right now thinking like, oh my God, that's crazy. 
that's a lot of money. No, honey, that is a drop in the bucket and you are thinking too small. You need to think big. You need to take your thinking and make it a lot bigger. If you plan on having a brand and 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 being something like a brand like Tessa or Agent or something like that, having your own product line, having clients, that is a drop in the bucket. That's an investment in your whole future. Mm-hmm. And guess you know, how expensive that's worth. copyright infringement is. <laughs> exactly. Way more expensive than that. It is. I feel like I should just say this because I'm Googling it because I want to know. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. From $750 to $30,000 per work per, infringed. Yeah. And you guys remember, Instagram is automatically copyright protected. So is that little post worth somebody potentially pressing charges. And then the other layers on top of that is if it's willful infringement, if you've reached out and said, Hey, this is a ripoff. Um, I'm letting you know, that's the other thing. It's not enough to give credit. You need to have written authorization to use something. So if somebody's let you know and you continue to, rip them off and it's clear cut that gets that's legal. where it gets that's legal $150,000 per work in French and layer on top of that if it's a business profiting from your original work as a business it can yeah. get even more expensive on top of that and you can do jail time <laughs> it's just not worth it oh wow I didn't know that yeah wow Wow, that's crazy. It's such a crazy world. And it's not talked about enough. And it's it's sorry, I'm so I'm pretty fired up, but No, I love I it. I just think we need more awareness because mm. we're just used to this little world of estheticians inspiring each other. And at what point does influencing become either toxic behavior or really hurting somebody else in a small business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely a wake up call for me going through this with you, you know, talking to you about it and hearing everything. It was wild. Just like, wait, what? Like I can't imagine that happening and it would devastate me. Yeah. Especially if it's, if it's someone you know mm. it becomes it's another yeah. weird layer of yeah of hurt honestly yeah. and there's no way to communicate how much that like beyond you can say betrayal yeah. yeah and you can say you know this brand means everything to me the other person still will never understand the hours and money no. and tears that's gone into it but yeah. Uh, yeah, if somebody does approach you and, and, or if you have the feeling like I've kind of taken this from so-and-so, or even here's another thing that people do all the time. I notice a lot of, um, pages will take images from Pinterest and use them, you know, to kind of build their grid. That's another form of copyright infringement. You can, oh. yeah, you can use uh, stock photos, which, yeah, you know, that's okay because those are already authorized. That's a business that's, you know, making a business off of providing images that are free for use. But yeah, if the Pinterest, uh, original creator or blogger were to see that on an Instagram and, ask to take it down, you, you have to take it down. And I, it probably wouldn't be worth just having it up. Um, for an example too, my website, if you go to my homepage, agentrx.co, you'll see the front page image is a woman. Um, I paid $200 for that image. Like that is my image that I get to use because I paid for it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like right. there, and that's just one <laughs> that I've paid for. Right. Everything that goes into my website, into your website, to test, we're going about it the right way. We're working with professionals that are following the legal guidelines that it takes to create a brand and communicate that brand to the public. And that costs a lot of money, like we've been saying, and time and effort. 
And that is to be respected. And I love when Renee, uh, Renee, when Brene Brown's uh, book, Dare to Lead, I think it was Dare to Lead, where she quoted that quote from um, Franklin D. Roosevelt. And basically it's in the quote, they talk about like, if you're not in the ring, which is, you know, you know, doing the work and like doing what we're doing for our brands, like really following what it means to create a brand and to sustain that brand. If you're not doing that, if you're just an observer, you have no right to judge and you have no right to like, you have no say because as a small business owner, it is, it is, you're a warrior. Yes. That (laughs) quote single-handedly helped me so much with, I don't get that many mean comments. I feel like people are nice, but you know, TikTok, that kind of thing. YouTube, occasionally you'll kind of get a hater, but that quote, I just keep it, I keep it in the back of my head. And anytime I see somebody being overcritical or whatever, that's honestly my response. If you're not in the arena, I'm just not interested in your opinion. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And and that's, I don't know, I think I'm trying to connect that too to the originality, right? To to being original. And and that's what it is. It's like, it's work to be original. You've got to go through some hard times, right? And, and you've got to pay. You've got to pay the piper. Yeah, and people can tell. And it it can be easy to, to emulate, but do you want to be an emulator or do you want yeah. to be influential. We want to be influential, not just online, but we want to be the influencers for our clients or for the new generations of estheticians to come. And on that note, I'd love to kind of wrap up the episode, Josh, just talking about community. How do you think somebody, if they're listening to this and they're just thinking, okay, I want to do right by the community. I want to be a positive part of, of, of the esthetician community or, or, you know, any community you're in, what do you think are kind of the, the keys there? That's a great question. I think for many years I was not, I did not feel I had a community in the aesthetic world and I got out of school. Um, I worked for others and, you know, I had, you know, colleagues and stuff, but I never felt like it was a community until getting on Instagram and really starting to promote Agent RX. And what I realized was it's so important to have a community and it was what I had been missing. And that is one of the things that helped me become more myself, which was connecting to people that were doing the same thing that I was doing. And they had an open heart and they were able to bring me in and talk to me and befriend me. And we were able to share ideas freely and, and still be our own person. And I think, you know, it's really tough when you have a community, a big community like we do. Um, you know, we have a, a chat group that we're both in and, and there's a lot of us in there and there's, there's going to be moments of disagreement and there's going to be your, you're going to have problems in a community. That's, that's a given, you know, we're all human, but the important part of being in that community is talking through those and, and also just like being yourself and being honest and transparent with who you are, what's going on and sharing, not just the good stuff, but the times that you don't feel your best. And that's what we get a lot of in, in our group is people talking about like, I'm going through this and that, and we're always there to build each other up. So I think, and also the keys, like how can you do that right now is, well, engage with people on on social. That's the way we do it, right? Like we engage and we comment on people's posts and DM people respectfully. And um, I think being a good member of a community is respecting the people that you are being influenced by respecting their time, respecting their work, and but approaching them and engaging with them in a respectful way. And like you said, I don't, I haven't really gotten any hate. I don't think, I don't, if I have, I've just forgotten about it. But most <laughs> they have people been are coming so, for them. Yeah. Most people are so kind and respectful. And 
I think also just as a newer esthetician, because that's who we're speaking to right now, right? Yeah. Well, it's like, anyway. yeah, like all, any esthetician really, but like to get into a community, you really, I think it really is about education because, and that's why I'm so passionate about Golden Experience Guide with with Ashley um, and, and launching a course too is like, I've been in the industry so long, you know, and, and Ashley and Morgan and Ashley um, Wax That Ash, we, we really want to share what we have experienced and all of the blood, sweat and tears we've gone through. We want to give that to you and, and build a community around this knowledge. Because what I've always said is like, I really don't want estheticians to end up like manicurists. No offense, but like that industry used to be a super high-end industry in the 80s. And then it slowly became, you know, people didn't value or they didn't take pride in the work. And so it's now become not as, you know, you can just get a manicure anywhere for, you know, five, 10 bucks, right? But then you have these like manicurists that are super devoted artists that are like doing nail art and like they charge way higher prices, right? And it's like, I feel the same with estheticians. It's like, there's so much that we can offer people like we are we offer so much with our services not just skincare but like self-care and mental health and like we are guides and leaders and influencers for our clients and it's like a second job like we take it seriously (laughs) like we are putting out that free information (laughs) yeah and and it's important that we value who we are as estheticians and I believe you find your value and your worth through education because the more educated you are, the more you're, and the more you invest in your education, the more you're going to realize your worth and that's going to be passed down to the client in terms of cost of service and cost of, you know, doing business with you. And that's what's so important to me in, in community is I want to share that with this generation of estheticians is educate yourself, invest in your education. That's the most important thing because that's going to develop a foundation of your worth in this industry going forward. What about ethics, Josh? That's something until this incident, I hadn't like, we hear that word a lot in our industry, but I hadn't had like a serious incident that made me really think about how important ethics are in what we do to me it is simple right and wrong and and i think we know in our heart of hearts when when we're you know being a uh taking advantage versus contributing um right right versus wrong i i think it kind of should be more clear cut than I don't know. I just don't think it's that complicated. What do you think? In terms of ethics with within like um, um, originality and <clears throat> I just mean ethics as a business person, ethics as oh, an yeah. esthetician. To me, it means like um, you know, recommending what's right for a client, mm, not yes, trying yes. to t- sell five more things to somebody because we know what they do for a living or, you know, respecting mm. somebody's original work and going the extra mile to, to create your own thing, not just take it from somebody else. Yeah. Um, there's so many scenarios where ethics are important, but what do you think it means to you? I mean, same thing. I think ethics is like a definition of what's right and wrong in a society, right? And that can be different between different communities and different groups. So, I mean, just to take, for example, <clears throat> being gay, that was considered unethical and a disease at one point. <clears throat> so, you know what I mean? And that was the society that, you know, back in the day, that's how it was. And obviously that's changed. So now being gay is not a question of morality or ethics. But in specifically in the aesthetics world, I think, yeah, everyone really does define. Some people might think like, oh, how dare you use like a knockoff machine, you know, or something like that. Whereas other people are like, huh, like, what are you talking about? It does the same thing. You know what I mean? Um, And you can still charge whatever you want to charge. 
I think for ethics too, it's, I think people overlook the fact that um, it's unethical to not stand in your worth. I love that. For me, yeah, for me, it's really important for estheticians to remember everything that goes in to what you are providing. Just because you're there in the room with them giving them a facial, that's not, you didn't get there by chance. You put a lot of work to get there. You went through six months of school. You paid your, you know, your tuition. That's just one. Then you had to learn and go to advanced classes. And this brings it right back to education. All of these things require you to be the most ethical person. And here's a statistic. Uh, Based on a study, and I just talked about this in my course. Let's see if I get it right. (laughs) But um, they studied uh, small businesses and every dollar spent in a small business, 68% of that goes right back into the local economy. So what does that tell you about ethics and small business and community? That tells you that every dollar that your clients spend with you is going right back into your local economy. You are the lifeblood of your community as an esthetician. You are a, a, a micro business. <laughs> and that is so, so, so important because it's going to sustain the economy of where you live, not the global economy, where you are in your community. And that's why I have so much respect for brave, independent estheticians and solo estheticians without any employees. You are the bravest right there because And even with employees too, but you know, we're just that special kind of people. We're brave, we're strong, and we are the lifeblood of our community. And that to me is, is the most ethical thing that you can be as an esthetician. Amazing. I love it. And every, every one of you listening has the potential to think your own, your, your own thoughts, to live your own dream, to build your own dream. To have your own brand, your own unique vision and brand. Mm-hmm. It's your brand not is that new. hard. Yeah. Yep. It is. Your brand is you. You just need someone, a professional to bring it out of you mm-hmm. and put it on paper and put it on the screen. It's a tax write-off. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it, I don't know why we're like, why are we trying to like assume that everyone is afraid of investing in branding? No, maybe they're not. <laughs> maybe but, they're not. Maybe but, they're like, okay, cool. <laughs> if, you know, if... If you had any doubt, I think also consumers notice. They notice the professional branding. And you might just look at McDonald's, for example, and just think, oh, anyone could do a little M. Anyone could put red and yellow together. It's like not not the (laughs) cutest color combo. But there was psychology that went into that. There was uh, other strategies you know, that start with the label and extend to every element of McDonald's. Yes, yes. Yeah, because red is the color that gets your eyes hungry, gets your body hungry through your eyes. And that's the thing about colors in your brand. And I'm going to go through this in my course, Your Branding Blueprint. I go through all of that. I show people the behind the scenes of the Agent RX development and I show like my brand guidelines and how we came up with this and that. So I walk you through all of that stuff. And if I could just do one more plug for that. Yeah, I was just going to say, tell us where you yeah. can find it. <laughs> it's goldenexperienceguide.com. Look it up. <laughs> like my recent skit. Um, but I'm thinking of the wig. <laughs> <laughs> I just ordered two more wigs this They're morning. so good. You click this, click right here. What did you for say? All the deets. I said, you tap right here for all the deets. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go look at my, my reel on agentrx.co on Instagram. But the last thing I was going to say was we're making Golden Experience Guide. We're making courses that are bite-sized. So there are 45 to 90 minutes, but they're like packed full of super valuable information that's going to like skyrocket you past a bunch of challenges and hurdles as a new esthetician. And they're only $399, $399. It's pff, nothing. Honestly, like I'm... It, it's we're not doing it to make money. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like we'll make a little bit of money off of it, but like the amount of time I put into it, it's crazy, you know? So there's just so much value in it. And I would love for you guys to take the course. And if you're interested in getting started with your own product line, this is definitely the course to take. I've never seen a course like this before. So 
so exciting. And Josh is really an amazing teacher, you guys. Um, he loves you to babe. help. That's the thing. And that's okay. another aspect of powerful branding is building goodwill in your name and building trust. Mm, Never yeah. forget that's the most important thing. And we see a lot of stuff being sold on online. And, you know, this person that tried to rip me off, they're thinking, oh, if I can just take the recipe, if I can just take the text and copy copy the website, I will mm. have what she has. But there were years of building goodwill and education and helping others that created momentum, creating created channels for people to slowly build trust and then feel comfortable in in investing with purchasing me. and yeah. Mm-hmm. And same with Josh. He's been doing this a long, long time. Yeah. And digitally, you know, on Instagram, I've only been doing it for less than two years. I really feel like I've only been doing it for a year because it took me a full year to get acclimated and find my bearings on social. And I feel like in 2022 is really, that was really my year to really make gains. And I've gotten so many like stranger clients, I call them, you know, like no name clients that I, I don't know who they are, but they buy from me, they buy gluey. And I'm just like, what? Like, it's so exciting. And then to see those same names, you know, appear on a second, third, fourth order, I'm just like, what? Like, that is so rewarding. And that's what makes that investment, you know, worth it for me is that that fulfillment of like, wow, there's something that I made out in the world that people love and they're paying me for it. That helps people build their business. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, go check out Josh at agentrx.co. You will just crack yourself up. My ribs (laughs) are still sore from watching like 10 of Josh's skits. My living room the other night. So go check him out. Go check out Golden Experience Guide. We're going to link everything below. And let us know if you have any questions or feedback on this episode. Our DMs and um, uh, posts, obviously, are open for your comments if you want to let us know. Thank you, Tess. Thank you so much for having me. This is long overdue. Gosh. I know. I'm so glad we finally did it impromptu on a Sunday morning. Working on a Sunday morning, but it was so <laughs> great to have you. I just love you to pieces. Thank you, I love thank you, you so much. for coming on and joining us. Kisses. Kisses. Love you guys. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>